Christ is risen. Truly he is risen. This is the midpoint, I think, uh, that we could still say that. <laughs> um, so this is the mid-feast, as we're celebrating today, the midpoint between Pascha and, um, and, and Pentecost. And this is actually a really significant feast in the history of the church. This used to be, um, this is one of the, the major feasts of the church because this is a bridge between both Pentecost and, um, and Pascha. So in some sense, we're actually celebrating two great feasts on this day. Um, you know, in fact, I was, uh, as I was thinking about this feast specifically, I, I remember reading repeatedly from Psalm 84, and this verse never really made sense to me. And for some reason, as I was preparing, this verse popped in my head, and I thought, I bet this is... I bet this has got some, one of the interpretations of it. Uh, referring to these two feasts, I would say David, foreseeing this, says, Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth is sprung up from the earth, right? The resurrection. And righteousness hath looked down from heaven. So that would be, of course, Pentecost. So these two meet together, and as he says, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. I think that's just a beautiful thing, um, beautiful image. any case, I, I, I want to uh, talk about both, first the epistle reading and then go to the gospel reading and hopefully apply it to us as we await the, pen, uh, the Pentecost, which is, uh, which is just around the corner. Uh, we're at the midpoint. So first, uh, in the epistle reading... If you're reading in the lectionary, uh, in the regular daily readings, you'll notice that most of this week we're actually in Acts chapter 10, but for today, we jump to chapter 14. And any time you have a jump like that, it's because there's usually trying to point out something in that text that's fitting for the feast. And so with that, we would say um, in, this, in the story, it's one of my favorite stories in the, in the book of Acts, and we read that Paul heals somebody who was crippled. And so I would say right here we have already, uh, again, the symbol of the resurrection, somebody being raised up from their crippled state. So we have uh, the, the resurrection. But also, this is a result of the descent of the Holy Spirit that he's able to work these miracles. And we read that in this story specifically, that the people, because they saw him working these wonders and seeing uh, this dead man rise up, they assume he was a god. Um, and uh, so we have these two things, I think, paralleled in this one story, both the, the resurrection and also Pentecost, which we're awaiting. So uh, this story is um, really quite amazing. Um, the fact that they think that Paul is a god, uh, if you remember the text, they think the, the people, after all this happens, the people think that because Paul is the one speaking, he surely must be Hermes, right? Uh, and speaking on behalf of Zeus, who they thought was, you know, Barnabas, they thought was Zeus. And so they were only barely able to prevent them from sacrificing to them, thinking that they were gods. And this actually makes me think of another psalm, of course. Even Christ quotes this psalm, referring to uh, people at the descent of the Holy Spirit. He says, God stood in the congregation of gods, uh, lowercase g, uh, and in the midst he shall stand out among gods. And so 
they're wrong in the fact that they weren't Zeus or Hermes, but they were right in a different sense. In Orthodox Christianity, we, we truly believe that through the descent of the Holy Spirit, through the inworking of God within each one of us, that we can become by grace what he is by nature. And so we, it's, a, it's a difficult thing for many Western ears to hear, but even uh, Athanasius says that uh, God became man, that man might become God. And so here, they recognize the divinity uh, that is at work within them, not that they are divine, but that they could work these miracles, and uh, they think that they are God. Uh, I think this is, too, quite uh, interesting. John Chrysostom points out how amazing Paul's speech must have been. If you think about this, that his speech, his eloquence, the sermon that he must have given was so eloquent that they thought he were Hermes himself. And uh, I thought, you know, we, we see a snapshot of this in, um, her, in Hebrews or in Romans. We could see really the eloquence, or any of his letters really, but those are my favorite. And Galatians too, we see his eloquence, but it must have been at a whole nother level that they thought he were, he were God. So today, um, we're, not, we're, we're looking forward now at this midpoint, we, we're, we're between the resurrection, but we're also looking forward to Pentecost when the Holy Spirit will descend and where the inworking of the Holy Spirit too, uh, we're looking forward for each one of us to work in us to make us by grace what he is by nature. But there's another part. So I want to go to the Pentecost, which we're awaiting. Um, you guys are probably familiar with Pentecost when the Holy Spirit descends, but do you know what the Jewish people celebrated uh, for Pentecost. It was before the Holy Spirit descended. They were already celebrating this feast. It was a, it was a great feast in the, Jewish church, or in the Jewish synagogues. And the thing that they were celebrating was first that after they came over Passover, right? We're celebrating Pascha, which is Passover. They're in the desert. And about 50 days after they're in the desert, uh, the law is given to Moses on the mountain. And so it's a celebration of the law being given. But also, it's a celebration of the first fruits. So this is the second day of obligation within the, the Jewish faith. Uh, the first, of course, Passover. And then the second is, um, uh, is Pentecost. And I love, um, it's in Acts as well. I think it was chapter 19. One of the things that uh, Paul says, they said that Paul was hurrying to get to Jerusalem uh, he was hastening as fast as he could so he wouldn't have to spend any time in Asia, which I think is funny, but so he could be there in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. And so this was a great custom for all Jewish people to, to come to uh, Pentecost at this time. Now, if you notice, I, didn't, uh, I was running behind, so I apologize. I don't have the right icon out for you. But if you notice the, what the icon is for today, has nothing to do with the gospel reading or the epistle reading, uh, which is confusing if you think about it for a minute, but it is related to this giving of the law. That the, this, it's actually from Luke where Jesus goes up to the synagogue for Passover and he stays and he remains there, right? And then his parents lose him, don't know where he's at, and they come back and they're all frantic about where he was. And uh, there he, he says, don't you know I would be about my father's business? And that's actually the icon for today because they see him sitting among the Jewish leaders and teaching them and questioning among the law. So we see today in the icon 
that even though there is the giving of law from Sinai, that today in Jerusalem we see Christ teaching the new law, giving the new teaching, which is, of course, the new fountain of life, which he is giving us all to drink. And so we didn't celebrate Vespers last night, unfortunately, corporately, but if you had a chance to read any of the uh, hymns or the scripture even, the scripture for the first reading last night in Vespers was from Micah. And Micah says, The law shall go forth out of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So just um, a quick question, where did the law come from? So this is a prophecy, but the law came from Sinai, right? You remember in, in Sinai? Like, and so this is even in a psalm verse. So this is specifically pointing back, uh, pointing forward to Christ, where he is going to give his new law, where he's going to give to us the new teachings of the new covenant, which is going to come from Jerusalem and from Sinai, uh, Sion and not uh, from Sinai. So in any case, I always found that quite fascinating. But here we are, um, Jesus as the new Moses, giving the new law, one, one that is greater than Moses is here, and we are celebrating and awaiting his law, which will come at Pentecost. But this law which he gives is not without the ability to do it. In the Old Testament, we didn't have, we, we had laws, and uh, we couldn't really perform the things that we were asked to. But with the new law, with the coming of the Holy Spirit, he gives us both a new command and he also gives us the ability through the Holy Spirit to perform the things that he asks. And of course, we will all fall. We will all make mistakes. But what we're called to is to ask and rely upon the Holy Spirit to do the very things that the law of God commands us to do. So today we are at the midpoint. The Jewish people would be somewhere in the wilderness. Uh, and we, too, we've removed the prayer for the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed in different of our prayers. And we will put uh, them back into our prayer services once again, once, um, once Pentecost comes, as we await the descent of the Holy Spirit. So let us pray that God would give us the ability to do the very things that he commands us in the Gospels. For with his strength and power, we can do all things for his glory and send up all honor and worship to the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.